Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Education simply means let a hundred flowers bloom by Marlon V. Ronquillo. IT is not hard to speculate on what Albert Einstein and J. Robert Oppenheimer talked about when they bumped into each other in the hallways, meeting rooms and cafeteria of the Princeton-based Institute of Advanced Study, IAS, in the 1950s. Einstein was then a member of the IAS faculty, which was under the direction of Oppenheimer. Their shared passion was quantum physics, and the IAS at the time hosted the planet's most gifted collection of physicists and mathematicians. Einstein and Oppenheimer were the stars of that New Jersey constellation of geniuses. One topic they probably avoided, their Jewishness. The anti-Jewish hysteria had yet to die down in the US and Europe in the 1950s, despite the Nazis' crushing defeat in World War II. What was one factor that led to the defeat of the Axis powers in the war? A passion for education that included scientific quests and the belief that the pursuit of education was without boundaries and without collaterals. A passion for testing, experimentation, and testing and experimentation without boundaries. An inquisitive mind that said quantum physics was not to stop at sophisticated theorems but had to be harnessed fully to its logical ends. Simply put, the inquisitive mind of Oppenheimer, who, during World War II, led the Manhattan Project, the team that designed and developed the atomic bomb in the New Mexico desert. The sheer terror inflicted by the bomb hastened the end of the conflict and ended the mass extermination of the Jews, about six million of whom had been gassed in death chambers during the horrible run of the Holocaust. When you see a sweet mathematical challenge, said Oppenheimer, how can you not explore it and see where it leads? That sheer, immense and exciting possibility of using theoretical physics to design and develop a weapon the world had never seen before pushed Oppenheimer and similarly inquisitive scientific minds to accept from the U.S. military the commission for the Manhattan Project and create a world unto itself in Los Alamos. Einstein did not join the project. So when somebody claims that education is intertwined with something else, when somebody says education and the quest for knowledge have to pause when national security issues demand a pause, that is probably the most self-limiting of all the definitions of education. A cockamamie interpretation of what education means. Education is simply how Mao defined it, let a hundred flowers bloom. Let all ideas and schools of thoughts, even a thousand of them, contend. Let ideas battle it out in the open arena, with no restraints and no defined boundaries for argumentation and debate. All ideas should be debated, torn apart and torn upside down to see which would retain relevance and applicability. And gain primacy. Read history. From time immemorial, it was the heretics and knowledge seekers, not the know-nothings who resisted and feared change, who changed the world for the better. The heretics led the world to glorious discoveries, starting with the demolition of the conventional belief that the earth was a flat and static leviathan. The first and foremost rule for education to succeed, which would then lead to grand and practical discoveries and ultimately change the world for the better, is this, just allow it to thrive freely without intertwining it to a definitive drag on its imperative dynamism. There is a backstory to why the tech sector, the game-changer and life-changer of this generation, 
bloomed in the San Francisco Bay Area. I will skip the part on how the tech products and the applications incubated there have changed the world and continue to change it in profound, revolutionary and fundamental ways. San Francisco essentially built its entire persona on breaking rules and defying conventions. A place where discipline is not among the civic virtues. The Berkeley communes, the anti-war protests, the hippie and flower people enclaves, and the love fests at Haight-Ashbury, where the leftists dominated the great universities and their research centers. If you are going to San Francisco, a song from the 1970s said, you have to wear some flowers in your hair. To tradition-bound areas of America deeply invested in evangelical faith and religiosity, San Francisco was the place abandoned by the nation's better angels, where the devil worked his magic. The free spirit and break the rules ethos of San Francisco made it the perfect environment for the tech sector's seminal work in experimentation, incubation and discovery. It remains the world's most dynamic and productive tech hub. Count San Francisco's output using this simple equation, just one of the major companies there has a market cap that is greater than the yearly gross domestic product of our dear Philippines. San Francisco's tech sector is the reason California, if you remove it from the US, will be among the top five economies in the world. After the Bay Area, the second liveliest and most dynamic tech hub is Tel Aviv. You know who built the world-class innovation enclave? The refugees that fled the pogroms and the strangulating confines of Russia and Eastern Europe those who fled countries that imposed rules on education and the search for enlightenment those who sought a real-world education with infinity as the limit to what they could discover through that education. Inquisitive minds, and the broader society, cannot flourish with education dragged down by collaterals and impositions. Education simply means let a hundred flowers bloom.